Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And suddenly you got to know it in another language. And then some of that stuff will be the same word, but like jumbled around. But even so, it's just mad. Different languages, all words, everybody. Just jumbled around, Johnny. Like, <laughs> just <words> jumbled around. <laughs> Welcome to this episode, episode 11 of No Idea Yet. Are you too afraid to ask or too lazy to Google? And come to the right place. So this week we are with Freddie. Hello. And Johnny. Hello there. And we are going to be talking about, drumroll, you may have seen this one coming, languages and linguistics. Oh, no way. It's not, uh, it's not Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> I had um, no, yeah, we're talking about languages and linguistics. And yeah, our thoughts on this and sort of, yeah, the, the study of it within the UK and uh, comparing that to Europe. Or lack well. thereof. And then, exactly. And, um, and sort of, yeah, the sort of like development of language in from, from being a baby and as you get off and everything. So yeah, we'll touch on some of those areas. So if this was Johnny's episode, the first question's going to be, so what is a language? <laughs> Give a definition. <laughs> you know, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, languages, and not limiting to human languages, of course, we're going to you know, go for everything. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, um, yeah, so I mean, from to, to get the ball wrong, that's, uh, I know, Freddie, you have some fairly strong, perhaps, views on this, on, uh, on the UK kind of attitude towards language learning and the and oh, kind of kids take out. So let's go straight in with that one, shall we? Over to you, oh Brent. man, it's so annoying. I mean, like the biggest problem, understandably, I guess, is like, but what language do we choose to learn in school? Because everyone just speaks English, which is like a view that I think far too many people hold. Mm, but sure. I don't know. I just having now started learning languages, I find it a lot more interesting and realize how important it is to be able to speak, speak to people in their own tongues, even just a bit, just to show some respect in their countries, let alone. A bunch of other benefits that it brings and yeah so i'm i'm sad about the severe lack of ability in england especially and about this language learning but also i just find language learning really really interesting now that i've started talking to people in other languages it's so cool but it's very hard to instill that in kids if they're not exposed to other languages which other people in europe are especially if their tv stuff are subbed and not dubbed that's a big mm. problem that I don't know if we're going to talk about. So yeah, I think yeah, that they should yeah, have yeah. some more push, more push in England for linguistics, but not in the way that's like, not in the way that's like, right, you must learn the grammar, French grammar. I just think it would be cool to have it where maybe there's smaller classes. You for different languages, you can choose which one you want to do it, and you just play games in it, and you learn to communicate in a different way. And I think that would be a better way to instill or inspire. Yes, but how will you put a number to it, and then how good will the school there be? Therefore, be after it. Oh, you've got to have tests about grammar. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we, we missed out there. But I think I think it's kind of a, a bit of a double edged sword, right? So other kids grow up in Europe's perspective. They obviously kind of quite a young age. They have to learn English. There's no, no choice. It's you learn English from the age of what five or six, maybe. And in the UK, it's sort of you get to fourteen, fifteen, and they're like, oh, do you do you want to learn French? Like. And you can be like, nah, no, I'm okay, you know what? <laughs> you know? Because, um, so then obviously you, know, you go, go abroad in, in, in Europe and you sort of, you know, uh, second class citizen, as it were, almost with, you know, like, you know, with your, with your, with your, with your, with your English, it's probably not even as good as the sort of native Norwegians. So <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, uh, but Johnny, what, what's, what's your thought? Because isn't it meant to be like the age of the, the best age, well, other than from birth, 
of somewhere in effectively just before starting high school is the best time to learn a language for kids to, to be able to, you've still got enough of that malleability in your like for learning languages and so i think i learned from when i was seven french but again i think it's say in other countries there's really like that thought of you know this is a useful thing to learn whereas i feel in schools it's just not put across as a useful thing is it, so oh, what, what age are you, are you defining that so right before high school just to put, put a number on it oh just for a... no this is so like <laughs> high school age is about 11 to 12 yeah i think i started learning in primary school when i was about seven so i think that was what one of the the right age to start learning at least if oh, you yeah. are going to start just before high school effectively but a lot of schools you don't do it until high school um, and i think it's not you don't have because like spanish for instance you know you've got all of South America and as well as Mexico as well. And then you've got Spain and like there's what's the second most spoken language. And that'd be such a, I think going to America and then chatting with um, family who's born in Colombia of how cool it is to also be able to speak a language because we went to like a, a classic authentic Mexican kind of, um, uh, I want to say takeaway or something like that um, for authentic Mexican food. And he was just speaking Spanish. I was like, ah, oh, I'm so the white guy here. <laughs> I have no idea. But it was a thing of like, you're just shutting yourself off from that. And I think for a lot of people, until you actually start traveling, you never need to learn another language. Whereas a lot of countries, they have it as effectively a second language English mm. because it's easier, especially if you work for tourism. Whereas the same family member from Colombia, he got married in England. Um, and when he came over here, his mum, she's Colombian, only speaks Spanish, didn't speak any English. And as soon as you get off, off that plane to England you're just dropped like when we go on holiday you know you go to a host- an airport everyone is bilingual there hotels are bilingual you come to England no one speaks your language he's like oh do you not know English well oh no only we go on holiday it should be other people coming to our country <laughs> it is you know, it's, it's, it's the arrogance of the English in a big way right so it's, it's pretty terrible yeah and it's, it's only like reinforced by you know science you know english being the language of science for instance or you know like hmm. was it like the the most um the most spoken second language english something like that yeah i feel like that's, that's one thing I, I do feel quite strongly about and i, I make a point to, to bring up if someone you know if someone's sort of like quite disparaging or quite like impatient with someone who's who's using their second language especially in a workplace then i'll be quite quick to say you know like all right well you know every word they know in english is a word that you don't know in their you know yeah. first language that they're, you know that they're not speaking so yeah, I think that is uh, that's that's where it gets a bit, you know, it gets a bit. They're they're working you start, in second language, yeah. which is just mad. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, like when you start um, actually, I don't know, because most of our school life, right? You, if you are learning a language at school, it's just, you know, you're learning how to say uh, I go here or I eat this or what's the past participle for this, you know, my and name. they try sometimes, huh? Like my name yeah. is. When do you you just say I am? You never say my name is. When has anyone ever said in conversation my name is? You say well, I'm I called. am. Yeah, I'm called. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, this is it's true. And sometimes they say, you know, like oh, we're making it useful, like directions to the post office or la biblioteca or whatever it is. But like when you actually first start having to talk a language in order to communicate something you suddenly realize like your brain feels weird and you're like wait what i need to there's so many words i need to fill in this sentence that normally i can just throw out hang on a second like i want to go to the oh my god there's so many words <laughs> <laughs> and then you have people working in that language and i can barely ask like for that bread <laughs> like you know yeah, it's crazy i think yeah it's, um... it's amazing I hope that's a fairly widely felt sort of uh, sentiment. Um, 
but yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, so in terms of using using proper English and like you know, I, I, I sometimes I guess I can sometimes extend that metaphor as well. Like when someone's an English person's got bad English, it kind of bugs me a little bit because it's like if you do only speak one language, maybe just you know be able to speak, speak that language. Well. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that too much to ask? I don't know. I, I appreciate that's quite a snobby sort of thing to say, but I don't know. No, how, how, do you guys feel that way about that at all? Or is that kind of a... that's yeah. such an important thing? Like. Oh, sorry, I've just got to just jump in here. So both Alistair and I have been teachers of English abroad, right? And man, I've found that people whose native language is a language aren't the best teachers of it, right? I'm sure we've talked about this. Like, if you... Especially on the final point, this grammar, like, a kid, a kid, you know, yeah. why is this sentence, is this sentence right? And you'd be like, no, it's not right. Why is it not right? This is just wrong. It just sounds wrong. You cannot exactly. tell you it really is. Why is exactly. it wrong? The people, <laughs> the people who have done, I don't know, people who have helped their dad since birth, like go and bird watch, right, aren't necessarily the best bird watch teachers because they're just like, well, it's just that because it is, because it is. Like I've always known that. It's the mm. people who have to learn something are the be- are better at teaching it often because sure. they remember. And especially people who were bad at it as well yeah. at the beginning. I think that that that's, you know. it's not natural, is yeah. it? How you yeah, learn the method to do it. So that's something that like a lot of people who think they want a native teacher. Yeah, you get native teachers who are very good, but I'm just saying that if someone's learned, there are a lot of people out there who have learned English as a second language who are miles ahead. I challenge any listener to just Google C2 English exam. And if English is your native language, you're going to find out pretty soon how hard these exams are. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember there was a kid at the school I was working at who he was taking like a, 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 a kind of some, some quite high level English exam, and he was going through the vocab. He was like, "Oh, can you help me out with this?" And like I, I thought, you know, I was like, I was 18, 19 at the time. I was like, "Oh yeah, I went, went to a good school. I should, I should be able to know this. No problem at all." I knew like 30 percent of the words he was given. He was just like batonage. <laughs> I was like, "No idea." Man. But what was even worse? He was obviously from the from the perspective of the kids. Always like he's learning words that sometimes had a double meaning. So I'd be like, oh, I do know that, and you know, and tell him what it what it means. But he'd be like, oh no, that's not what it says in the book. So then he'd be learning these sort of you know very obscure uh, sort of definitions for these words. But then I was like, this is not going to benefit you in the slightest if you <laughs> you're in the UK. But I mean, like I said, it's uh, it's it's crazy. But I think that's, that's similar to those citizenship exams as well, right? If you go to a country, then you've got to learn more about the history than more, the average, you know, more average, patriot than. You know. Exactly. Have you seen the Peppa Pig um, episode where it's like they have a French exchange student and it's like, oh, oh Daddy Pig, um, and he's like, oh, you could, is this French exchange? So, oh, you could help, could you help me with my English? Um, it's it like, oh, you think something along the lines, oh, you're a good teacher. And he's like, oh, yes, I've, I've learned, I've known English all my whole life. Um, it's like, oh, so for this, is this the suffix or the prefix? And he's like, um, um, uh, <laughs> and it's just the highlighting, like, no, just because you can speak it doesn't mean you're actually an expert in it. It just means. <laughs> oh. oh dear. So yeah. So um, okay. Uh, quick, quick little sort of tangent on this. Um, what do you guys think of accents versus dialects, and sort of you know, the evolution of that, and the you know, uh, that in, in in different countries that you've been to or experienced. So when, obviously, I mean, just the three of us obviously have. I uh, say Freddie and I probably have a fairly similar accent, and Johnny's. I know people who've listened to this in the past and asked me about it. They're going, "Oh, where's Johnny from?" Where's, you know, he sounds. He sounds. He sounds like a different person. Oh, they're like you know. Somewhere north of north of London, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole different world, isn't it? Different world, because yeah. I know, like, to different people, I've, they've said I've got a relatively neutral accent. But I think if northern from near where I live, usually people think I sound a little bit posh. Whereas if you're southern, you're like, no, you're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel relatively neutral. Not 
Anyway, Mums from down south. So yeah. That's a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think is um, asking uh, friends from Hungary of like, do you, it's like, you know, in England, if you travel 50 miles, you may have a different accent. What is it? That, that classic joke of being like, in America, you travel for 200 miles and you, it's the same type, you know, you still have the same accent in England, you travel 200 miles, the accent's changed three times and bread rolls are called something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, so like, I asked in Hungary, I said like, well, there's kind of like maybe two accents. Uh, I, I maybe you remember this incorrectly, but as I remember, it's kind of like two or three different accents for the country. And one's kind of a bit more basic, one's a bit more posh and like a, yeah, but not nearly the amount of regionality. Same with like America. I'm sure you'll get different like regional accents or like a, a regional Texas accent from north or south. But I'm assuming just because England's been here for so long and, you know, pathways, say from... In America, when they started building these big highways, you're able to travel the whole country. So, like, accents weren't necessarily going to change. Whereas, England is going to take you, you know, you've had a town there for hundreds of years. And they have yeah, I think it's all about time, but over size, right? Yeah. That, that's kind of that makes sense in terms of the um, age of the countries being being the significant mm-hmm. factor, yeah, for sure. Dogs have saying. accents. Oh, mate. Okay. So cool. Well, we'll talk about dogs. Going back to animals, <laughs> Johnny. Ready? Put your bucket on your head, mate, if you want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Either you put the bucket on or you fill it with water when you talk. It's either or. How bad is it now? It's, it's, it's been absolutely fine since the last time. So Yeah, yeah I don't believe you. You, you just laugh Whenever and giggle. Whenever you don't talk, my it's bucket. fine. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that accents are interesting because it's a form of social bonding. You know, it makes an us and them. Like, we sound the same, but those guys sound different. And I think that's something that people like to hold on to. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, because people like to hold on to accents, sometimes they put them on more, um, how it's going to happen in the future with, you know, internet and globalisation. But something, a very interesting study, just because I find, I don't know, I do find linguistics fascinating. They, 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 I think it was in Australia, they had a study where they got a bunch of people and they'd have someone with a very strong accent Oh, that was it. It was Australians and, and New Zealanders, I believe. And they'd have someone with the same accent as them, as in from Australia, or different accent from them, as in from New Zealand. And they would have a conversation with the, with the other person, the participant. Now, if the person talking, the, the, the paid for, the scientist, whoever, was saying views that the other person totally did not agree with, we're talking like, you know, very sexist racist views the other the participant would start like the accent would shift away from the other persons like they would try and sound as different as possible but if they were saying something the person agreed with and they were happy having a good chat their accents would come together and be more like that other person i'm definitely like obviously not giving this justice uh, but I, you know yeah i'm with you um I think what you call it, kind of like code switching, I guess, where you try and match uh, accents with someone, maybe subconsciously, just as a sign of bonding. That's Freddie, painfully so. My favourite story is we're in Tanzania. No, we don't, we don't have to go there, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to now. I'm not going to give an example of your accent that you try to do. But yeah, my mum does the same, and it's also embarrassing. She'll, she'll be on the phone, and like you, you'll you'll hear that she hasn't talked in a while and she's talking to somebody Scottish or something like, or something terrible. And I'm like, 
you'll eventually hear just <laughs> hear <laughs> but do you like do you like a, a noticeable accent which you can't you know like if it's like a subtle you know like maybe slightly going a bit more scouse fair but like scottish is definitely a different accent from like northern um and like you just see a voice slowly alter to being more scottish and it's like what are you playing at soft but she's relatively convincing i'd say this is something you know it doesn't sound too bad but my favorite was freddie we're in tanzania i think maybe we were with a <laughs> polish teacher um a little lecturer and you no know, he's dutch hot netherlands i can't remember netherlands Remember he was Dutch because he he's from Holland, which is Dutch on Afrikaans. Yeah. But yeah, so either way, he's talking for way too long with a, a chat with me and Freddie. And the more he kept talking, and then obviously Freddie hadn't spoken anything in a while, and the next couple of sentences Freddie said were possibly the worst Jackson I've heard in my life. And it kind of kept up. We were having, he was mainly talking, the lecturer, so like we'd only like chip in little bits, and every time Freddie chimed in, it would be in this just terrible Dutch accent and I feel like I'm sure he was appreciate maybe you just like you just trying to do that emulating thing but it just sounded like you were taking the mix <laughs> so oh. and after you knew what was going on I feel and you couldn't do anything about it because you just was that right or not did you know I don't, or not? Out, you, yeah. I don't like but it's because you're trying to be nice you're trying. You're, you're, you're just so filled with empathy for it that you're, just... <laughs> you're sneezing a lot too. Just. <laughs> I was one thing we we briefly touched upon before. I don't think actually on the podcast, but we were talking about accents and babies and being the the owner of a of a small tiny human, Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. Got from the what... store and everything. About the receipt. <laughs> uh, what's what's your take on this? Um, you know, you were saying Ezra, your little boy, has <sighs> started speaking now and he's got. A... No, well, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's just sort no. of saying nonsense. And... Yeah, he's babbling, so he didn't really have an accent yet. Um, but I, it's funny because it's thing of um, so my uh, sister-in-law they live in Canada and so obviously they're well yeah originally from the UK um, and so their accents are well Yorkshire siding towards um, and then their kids though have got Canadian accents and it's just because they moved over there when their kids were probably like four or something like that and it's just the weirdest thing because it's like oh you're talking like normally it's like oh it's just like a you're, you're not, you're like, oh, you're Canadian kids. And it's like that thought of like, where have you moved, dependent on the age of the kid. It's like, you're going to, you know, for them, it's like, you thought you're going to be bringing up British kids because you're British, but now you're bringing up Canadian kids. And it's funny that thought of the accent is so much of your personality. Like in high school, there was um, a girl who moved from Scotland when she was six, but she still had a really thick Scottish accent and it got thicker when she got, got into heated arguments as well, which everyone found a bit funny. Um, but it's that thing of like, there's a certain age where obviously you, you lose or gain a new accent. Like Abby, she was born in Dubai and lived there off high school. And like, they have a proper weird international accent. So like, you'll be saying certain things and some will be like a bit South African, some will be a bit American, some will be a bit British. And you'll, you'll hear like some like Dubai accents and they're just all over the shop because it's super international. And it's this weird conglomerate accent, which is quite funny if you listen to it. It's not really a bit, it's a bit of everything. So you'll be like, oh yeah, try listening to like a Dubai accent if you can. Isn't that fun? I mean, sorry to continually derail Alistair. No, not so I just wanted to chime in with my bucket head. Is that it's fun about accents, but it's fun to think about how none of them are like wrong. Does that make sense? If you're communicating, you're doing it right. 
that's about it, right? And so the fun yeah. thing about... So if you knock out your bucket, bucket on your head or you put your face <laughs> in a, in a, underwater, then you, you're doing really well, I think, as, as a rule for it. English being super international now, um, people of... Su- I mean, such a large number of people speak English as their second language that their accent is more than just, like... It's more than valid. It's like a full-on... It's their own thing. About the right time enough for, um, for, to wrap up the first half of this. Um... So I'm going to pose, pose some questions to you both. So to go with, I think basically what I'd, what I'd like you to do, um, I'd like you to both find a story that you that to do with accents that you find that, that, is, that is just kind of you captured. Like have a look on Reddit, have a look wherever you want, really. But just a story reg- that's relating to language or in some some way, uh, perhaps amusing, um, amusing maybe maybe a bonus. Um, and then yeah, and then we, yeah, we might dive again a bit more into the sort of the origins of of, uh, of sort of language and development of that if, if that's something that uh, where, the, where the conversation takes us but yeah um so yeah pretty pretty open-ended um the sort of question for this week um but yeah i hope you've enjoyed listening to that first half and we will see you in what will be 10 15 seconds however long our new new sponsor is going to be <laughs> which we're still waiting on. <laughs> or a week for us so yeah um thank you very much for listening we will see you in a second <laughs> welcome back to no idea yet uh, it's been a week for us and a few seconds for you, and this week we're talking about languages. So let's get right into it. Um, let's go over to Freddie first for some insight and stuff on what you've researched this week. Oh man! So, oh wow! Just just that was a nice, and, nice and vague it. question. So, um, but we're just going. So I asked you to find a story or something. Mm. Um, basically, because I've, I've sort of noticed quite a few of those in, in recent time, but obviously it's nice and yeah. vague so that you guys can run with it. So yeah. Well, I kind of. I kind of felt like, because language is massive and we can talk about language from until till the cows come home, just sort of chuck that in there. And what I felt like we focused a lot on was accents. So I researched more about accents. Very nice. Because yeah, I feel like maybe in the future we'll talk more about learning a language or like um, by, um, by, by, oh my God, by, ab- by, Ableism to talk about two languages. What the hell am I saying? Bilingual. Oh my god. Bilingual. bilingual. That's the word. You actually are bilingual as well. <laughs> That's the biggest joke. Yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to say was that as there's so much about language that I find interesting, especially being maybe bilingual or the effects of learning a language on you as a young kid or going to another country and blah blah blah. So I focused mainly on accents because I thought that's what we talked about kind of that was kind of the key the core now um there's actually so much about accents that i again every time you think that you've gone down a small rabbit hole it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger so i'll i'll talk more about the the (laughs) the varieties of how you can define an accent i thought i'd first talk about the story because you mentioned story right and i ended up reading a paper i actually read read the whole paper could you believe I was in the car for a while, but I read a whole paper by Kinsler et al. 2007, which is about how accents affect how you see people. And the whole point of the paper is that before you can even speak, you will judge people on their accents. Right? These are babies. Their experiment was like they had babies who didn't couldn't even talk yet, but if you put a little video recording of a person speaking in an accent that's familiar or foreign or gobbledygook or whatever, 
Like, accent comes before... Are you ready for this? Comes before race, age, gender, and other visible factors. You judge people on their accent. That's terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> no way. And the, the paper... This is where the story comes in. The paper actually mentioned a story in it. And it mentioned the biblical story of Shibboleth. Johnny is a as a more biblical man than I. <laughs> Do you know this story? Oh, that name rings a bell, but unless I'm going to talk about the Tower of Babel. Um, ugh, I, I'll I'm not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 so I'll just quickly read out a very short paragraph for the, the biblical story of Bibleth. And the the paper mentioned how basically America and the world as a whole has not changed from the kind of values that they talk about in this story. So, I'm sorry for my pronunciation of all these words. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan, leading Ephraim. And whenever a survivor of Ephraim said, let me go over, the men of Gilead asked him, are you an Ephraimite? If he replied no, they said, all right, say Shibboleth. If he said Sibboleth, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the fords of Jordan. 42,000 Ephraimites were killed at this time. Wow. Oh. Uh, uh, the point that it's getting to is that, um, well, actually, I kind of, I'm going to basically pass. The United States history alone abounds to the examples of linguistic discrimination, from the severing of tongues of slaves who spoke no English, to the forbidding of the public to speak German during World War II, and the execution of Russian speakers after the Alaskan Purchase. Recent world history provides examples of linguicide paired with genocide in many places. And it's just like, wow, like accents have a huge effect on people. And uh, like I said, I'll go into like kind of what an accent is and the different ways you can define an accent in a bit. But it like opened a whole door that I never really thought about with just accents, not even the language you're speaking. You're speaking the same ac same language potentially. You just you just have a funky accent. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, that was what I went down. People will judge someone based on that, regardless of any actual facts about it. You know um, yeah. my, my thing about language story was this is when I worked with you from South Africa um, it's also funny because obviously you know, I live in a small town well it's a pretty large town um, which is rural and it's just really funny that there's a random South African guy who just works at this hardware store and it's like how did you how on earth did you get here it's like I worked in Blackpool how did you did you did you swim did you did you go on a boat how did you come from South Africa all the way to the God the world we live in eh, mate the world we live in and there's when I worked in Blackpool there's somebody from Hungary who lived in Blackpool it's like why on earth did you come all the way from Hungary to live in Blackpool <laughs> you know like the answer is always love to be honest that I found mm -hmm. um, if someone's you know, like in not necessarily for work reasons that's it and um, but his story of just. In South Africa, usually you have one main language that you learn. So his was Afrikaans. And then it, what his subject he had was English, which they taught him, obviously, a lot better than we do. Um, and saying about, like, the biggest difference for, like, language stories of South Africa is, like, a touristy place because you have safaris and things like that. And so, like, when you go on safari, it's, you know, if you go as somebody who's South African, it's loads cheaper. Like, people who live in Florida, it's loads cheaper to go to Disney World than somebody who isn't from Florida. Um, and so, like, 
sometimes in restaurants they'll get it where people like they'll be chatting behind your back in Afghans and then like I can hear you mate by the way <laughs> like stop being it um, but yeah so it's I think that's always a funny thing of obviously especially when you're saying about like you may look the same so say South Africa is a large white population so you wouldn't necessarily know if someone speaks English Afghans where they're from the American English so before they speak you don't know how to effectively judge them you know are you one of us are you one of them mm. kind of thing yeah. A lot, a lot of prejudice is seen someone here. But, Always. Yeah. You did confuse me for earlier when you said about you're like, oh, before, before people even speak, you know, they they can judge your accents. And I was like, well, what? As in, <laughs> obviously you meant babies, but I was like, how are you going to judge someone's accent before they speak? <laughs> Excuse my friend. Yeah, no, it's about the tone and different things, but it's it's oh. it's really weird. Like, this springs to mind is um, the thing from Inglorious Passes where they have the the German three with th- with oh, your, your next finger, middle finger, and thumb, right, and then the English one with your with your three middle fingers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I think that's, that's not quite the same. It's, yeah, it's no, but I saw that yesterday, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. My my co-worker um, Simon was like, "Oh, we need two of them," and I was like, "I looked." Sorry, oh, I was just. Yeah, oh, sorry, explain I just for the listeners what, what you just did with your hand, Freddie. <laughs> he said, "Well, my German co-worker said we need two of them," and used his thumb and first finger but obviously that makes it kind of to me a finger gun or at least pointing somewhere <laughs> so i was looking at the thing he was pointing at and he's like uh freddie what are you doing and i was like that we need two of them right and he's like yeah i've got them right here but um that was the thing that came up was the fact that these kids who didn't like they they would they would judge people on their accents and they would seek out people on the way they sounded already. But then the the paper mentions how like there are many things that we judge when we're young, like loud noises and stuff as being scary or wrong, but we learn to get over it. Like we learn that, oh, right, maybe we like the, this thing because it's interesting and different. Maybe we look forward to different foods and exciting things, but accents is not something we're actually taught to like kind of get along with and it says that above all these other things like ec- economics age race sex educational background that is kind of we talk about a little bit more today obviously still not enough to say these things are things that shouldn't you shouldn't judge someone on but accent is a gatekeeping is a thing that you can totally gatekeep on you can mm-hmm. you can just breeze through life hating people for funny accents and actually talk about it out loud and people <laughs> aren't going to kind of judge you in the same way they would if you said I hate like women <laughs> for example I know when my uh, someone I knew they were born in Scotland moved away when they were kids lived in England moved back to effectively where near from where they were born completely rejected because they didn't have a Scottish accent I was like, no, I am actually Scottish and I have lived in Scotland for like a number of years. And she continued to live in Scotland for like five years or something like that. To so say you were born there, you've lived there for over like maybe 20 years or something. Yeah, because you don't have the accent, it's just completely rejected. I think that's obviously a smaller community. So like, you know, I'm not saying that's all Scotland, but um, it's a definitely one easy divide is definitely Scotland to England. And usually it's English don't mind the Scottish and the Scottish tend not to don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I experienced that myself. When I, um, I'm sure Freddie obviously knows. I, I don't know Johnny. Obviously, I grew up in Staines, so the London way. Um, and I moved there. When I was I moved to Salisbury down south when I was 14. So then when I, was, I went back to Staines for a sweet 16th birthday party, 
and I remember when I got there, I opened my mouth, uh, quick language warning, but yeah, I opened my mouth, and one of my, my old friends from, you know, when, I, when we were little kids, I said something, and he was like, fuck me, mate, you sound posh as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it's, it's definitely a thing, it's definitely a thing, it was a good, but it is, it's, it's, it's such a fast, like, you, you, you sort of respond to it straight away, don't you, so yeah. But there you go, rubs off, rubs off Eucharist. Well, it's it's southernness. They mentioned that, like, it definitely is person dependent right like they said on average there's like a window when you're younger for picking up certain sounds and about around 12 months you decide your brain decides which ones you don't need such as in uh german for example like the s and the z sound are they don't have a th sound so they would say zat or whatever it is oh a th uh, sound um but there, like there's a window and you can pick it up around that time but there are some people the same as the study on it as young as six who move to a country or move to an area and they never pick up the accent they still sound like they're not from there wow like imagine being since you were six you don't even remember not living there but people are like you sound different <laughs> like, i can't even imagine that but some people obviously do have a different ear and pick up stuff try and mimic some kids are very stuck. They get they get very stuck in their ways. You lose the ability to listen or hear certain sounds, and you can't reproduce them yourself. It's not necessarily uh, a physical issue. It's just a mental thing. Some people just can't do it. And then, when you get older, like you've lost that forever. And so people as young as who have moved to a certain area yeah. aren't ever able to get the right accent. I mean, that just sounds crazy. No, but apparently like they've done studies and they've found that it's it's totally possible as well as obviously some people really cracking down on trying to get an accent learning how to do it when they're so older I've, I've got two a few things to, to go in with that the first thing is i was watching a show on netflix called babies and it was a thing about um you know the differentiation between accents and like, even babies are able to yeah because one thing of in the fetus when you're a fetus you can actually pick up accents and different languages well yeah not accents it was languages um, and that was up to four days old, a baby was able to discriminate between a native language and a foreign language, which is just mad. So I think it's because they react differently to it. Um, so really, before they've even heard anything properly outside the womb, they already know if something's their language or not, which is just crazy. Um, and it was yeah up to, I think I mentioned it before, but just to confirm it, it's like the, the prime age for learning languages is up to about the age of 12 past that age then it's difficult you know like your, your brain is obviously as a baby super absorbent for learning languages and then up until about the age of 12 that's when your brain kind of solidifies and it's kind of like yeah learning language is going to be hard now and of course most schools start learning language at 12 <laughs> <You know? laughs> most schools <laughs> in the uk of course that's so. uk only i like one thing i was looking up at um talking about babies learning languages and why can't we learn them like babies it's, babies have sky high unemployment rates and <laughs> that's quite good um, they do have a lot of, lot of free time you know just yeah and dusting around another thing that was hilarious babies netflix thing was about differentiating cracked out on that. languages and faces so do you know like when you look a cliche thing of like you know like a white person says oh all Asian people look the same, or vice versa. Hmm. And the reason why is because up to a certain age of the baby's development, like they can do even with like little monkeys and stuff, or 
if you look at a monkey, you'd think, oh, they all just look the same. How do you differentiate? Whereas a baby, if you show them a big group of monkeys, they'll have a certain thing in your brain just clicks to be able to differentiate really well. So like who, whoever babies grow up with, that's where they're able to tell these really slight, subtle differences in faces and recognizing. Recognizing. Yeah, there's actually something really interesting about that, which I, I, I sort of, um, I can't remember where I heard this bit was. A friend of mine pointed out that if you, the thing with like the difference with Asian and, and white people saying, oh, well, you know, foreigners, because um, if you say you were to describe one of us, right? So you said, oh, Freddie, you'd, the first two things you probably describe was hair color and eye color, right? This is mm. the go-to. And that's pretty standard, I think, um, for anyone um, in the UK. But obviously in China, if you're going to say if you don't describe someone, you're definitely not going to describe their hair colour and eye colour because <laughs> the entire country is the same. Right, so they describe things like their sort of like nose shape or their face shape. <laughs> and I think if you look at Westerners, then invariably they're quite similar sort of like, you know, jawlines mm. and nose shape. So that's why I think that's, that's, that's that sort of where that stereotype comes from a lot. Yeah. You know. So it's just a case of, uh, sort of so the Caucasian points kind of, that we look at, the things point, that, the we focus that we focus on. Things that yeah. focus on are different, so therefore... Yeah, we can relearn it, but it's a case of, you know, we learn, just like with the language thing, there's a, a part of a brain which is really good at recognizing and then it kind of sets a bit. So that's why, you know, sometimes some be like, oh, well, they all look the same. And like, you could say you're being a little bit racist, but also it's actually part of your, it takes you time to learn the differences, as you're saying, to what to focus on to differentiate. Um, you know, well, I say, quite, I'm quite sure quite everyone's got friends, we all had friends in school who were twins, right? And it's like, when you first meet them, you're like, oh, God, they look exactly the same. And then the longer you know mm, them, then you, then you sort of, you know, you get, yeah. get the hang of them. Tell them apart. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a thing for sure. Like familiarity breeds, you know. Yeah. I was going to say content. Yeah. That's, that's not the expression we're going for there at all. <laughs> familiarity doesn't breed content, or if it does, that's not what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. If you knew that that was something that you you did, then you can recognise it and have a think before you kind of like, oh right, yeah, yeah, that's the way that they see the world, or that's the way I see the world. I need to take a moment. But I mean, you were just saying that then. I didn't even know that really, but it makes sense. I think everyone thinks the same. Right, like, well, that's the way mm. I think. Like, I identify people by their hair. Why wouldn't uh, a person from Asia? But actually, yeah, like mm. recognizing groups have sure, all, ways all of that's of doing made, made worse. Yeah, well, that's made worse by sort of yeah, being in the very like, like a bubble, right? If you, if you, you know, mm. if you just if you don't don't sort of you know, gather and, and experience more things and, and meet more people, basically, it's simple as that, and it really broaden your horizons and all that good stuff. Mm. But yeah, no. So sure. a big. A big thing for language is if no one has watched it, I highly, I, I just coincidentally, I just realized today, um, as it, it's just like, oh, wait, I just watched a film which is so perfect for this podcast. It's insane. Arrival, if you've watched it, which is a film about aliens coming to Earth. Amy Adams is in it. It won loads of awards. Super famous in the linguistic circles. I can bet, because it's just all about how on Earth, when an alien species comes to Earth, how do you even understand them? Like, this is always the thing with, like, um, in biology, we learn of, like, intelligence. Of We assume animals aren't intelligent as us because we're only using human tests. You know, so, like, yeah, they're not going to be as smart as us because we're only testing them as a human. And yeah, it's, like... If you judge a fish by its ability to just climb a tree, right, it will live its whole life yeah. being stupid. Yeah. And, like, the same with language. You know, like, oh, say you could make a wish and suddenly, like, I wish I could understand a lion and they could understand me. Or they speak English, and they'd be like, "You'd be talking about different things." You'd be like, "Oh, so what, what do you think of the weather today?" And lions like, "What on earth are you talking about?" They have no even relation to it. So you'd be like, "It's not even you speak the same language." You get completely That's actually, angles. Yeah, I mean, there's a documentary on this. It was called "The Wild Thornberries," I think it was called. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> the blast in the past. Any any nineties kids listen to this? But yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I was looking it up, and I remembered, oh, they actually said it in the film: is linguistic relativity. 
or the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis, if I've butchered that, I'm sorry. Um, and the idea is that um, well, the principle suggests that the structure of a language affects its speaker's worldview or cognition and um, the people's perceptions are relative to their spoken language. Uh, and there's two versions, a strong and a weak version. The strong one is effectively saying, like, you don't have as much free will comparative to what language you speak. And the weaker one is more about the language you speak does affect some of your choices and stuff or like, you know, how you perceive things. Um, and an I found this it. super interesting and I've heard people on both sides, like as in some people fiercely saying, yes, your language affects how you think and others being like, no, how you think is affected that affects the way yeah. you speak and the people being like it's all trash but like actually very intelligent people on all sides so you're like i don't know who to side with here and one thing i heard was is the case of like this has been going on for decades so it's still a very valid theory because it hasn't because it's still a topic that's undecided on argument against is how can you even have translation if you've got different worldviews effectively so it's like you couldn't the argument against strong um the, the linguistic relativity would be that like just translation between two people just wouldn't work properly but that's but, like but that's like direct translation right like i mean yeah. sorry i've got to use spanish here because i don't know any other real other languages but if you directly translated lo siento which means i'm sorry but it doesn't it means i feel it like if i just said mm. to you i feel it that doesn't necessarily mean to you i'm sorry but that's what they're saying for I'm sorry, that's generally how they use it. And that's like, Spanish and English are super close linguistically in the tree. Like if you went all the way to, I don't know, Micronesia or somewhere, their way of saying sorry might be generally how they use it in the same way, like if you make a mistake, but the way, if they tried to translate it, it's not gonna be yeah. perfect or slotting in. That's a really, sure good, yeah. you a really good little story that um, I came across actually for this one. It was, um, it's, I think this is a lot about culture as well, as well as it's just, it's just quite amazing. So it was um, basically said, uh, US President Jimmy Carter once gave a speech at a college in Japan and was surprised to hear an eruption of laughter after his opening joke was translated for the audience. Right? And so he asked that how the interpreter had managed to word it so well. The interpreter ducked his head and, um, and looked, looked away before finally replying, I told the audience, President Carter has told a funny joke. Everyone must laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's best best way to do it. Excellent. When actually when you're when you're learning a new language, you're learning a culture in and of itself. Mm. You know, so. yeah. but one of the, one of the, they did a study, and it was, it was based morally on numeracy rather than actual language. But well, well, the two intertwined. It was a study on kids. Um, one set was from Austria, one Italy, and one of the Czech Republic. Um, and the way that they tried to do it is a test of speed and kind of like you know how, how quick they were to do it. Of so you had two numbers. One would be like thirty-seven, and one seventy-eight. And then you'd have to see which is the higher value, and they have to click on it. And the Austrians who speak German, they were the worst at it. And the reason why is apparently, and you can say if I'm wrong, um, there's an extra step to it because as we'd say 37, they would say 730. So that's slightly you know, in your head. So that slight thing will be a slight disruption for the speed because oh, it's seven, no, it's 30. And so, like, say if you had like 37 and 72, the way you say it. The smaller number comes first. Um, think of the poor French. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to say. Eight, eight, eight is, 80 is 420, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. They go 70, yeah. eight, they go 70, 70, 70 20, 70, 30 or so. I can't remember how. <laughs> oh, it's just okay. So Italians had no issues. And the Czech, apparently they weren't affected. But in 
check, they have numbers go both ways. So some would be like 27, others would be like 270. I don't know, but apparently they weren't affected. But I thought it was quite cool, yeah. that whole thing of like the idea that your whole perception changes based on the language you learn. And it was the Spanish word um, for the piece of shame. Oh, yeah, for what's um, the, the, the last piece of shame? Come on. Oh, right. Um, vergüenza. <laughs> like, pedazo de la vergüenza. Yes. Which I always love, the piece of shame. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no problem that at all. We're not going to explain what it is. So we're just going to sit and move on. Just, <laughs> if Fred, yeah, Fred do you want to explain what that is? Or? Yeah, basically, yeah, the last piece yeah. of food in Spanish I is did... the piece of shame. Like, I really like this, and then I'm not even sure if it was just a thing that some people I was around liked doing. Like, again, you, have you ever, I don't know if you've go, have come across that. Like, if you, let's say you meet a Romanian, and of um, the Romanian guy or a couple or pe- the group that you are with, they really think that, I don't know, trees are funny, right? And then because, you know, you've got a brain that likes patterns, you're like, right, all Romanians think trees are funny. <laughs> it turns out that you, it's not true. It's they just that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, or they were high. So I'm not sure if it like maybe it was just the people I was around, but they always commented on the pedazo de la vergüenza, which is the last piece. Maybe if you've got like a some food, like a cake or like a bit of bacon, on, like you've all been eating and there's a little bit left, and it's the last the last piece is the piece of shame. Like if you take it, it's kind of like shameful. Um, everyone wants a bit, but I just really like that. Yeah, well, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. Well, it's quite, I find it quite funny, like, yeah, talking about sort of words that some languages do and don't have, right? Like, um, that's just kind of, you know, um, there's this thing like English having a word for um, defenestration or something, which means, like, the act of throwing someone out of a window is an actual word for that. <laughs> but we don't have a word for the day after tomorrow. <laughs> or the day away, so. Yeah, obviously, you know, um, I think we, yeah, we're talking about some that sort of that's because you know the day after tomorrow is such a sentence. That's so yeah. true. <laughs> Why don't we like Chinese have a word for that? Have a word for the day after tomorrow. Yeah. That we're, you know, hold the bi-weekly or bi-monthly. Yeah, again, or really bi-yearly. Yeah, it's either twice a year or once every two years. There's no very. Yeah. It's just yeah, you just yeah. when someone says it, you just assume you know what they mean, <laughs> and it's like yeah. you need to because I learned it in um, horticulture, and it was like yeah, by annum, is it? Yeah, yeah, by but does that mean it's every two years or twice a year? Yeah. Eh, it just depends. You just <laughs> <laughs> some things, you know, like when do I have to plant this? Well, by by yearly or by annum, you know. That's no, so speaking of that, just, like just I was, like I'm around people right now who some of them are fluent. Uh, they're totally fluent in English. Like I mean, like you, they maybe have an accent in a way that you like. Oh, I think you raised somewhere else. But the the other day, like I've been hanging around them for like nearly a year now. Like the other day, I said, oh, it's about half seven. And they're like, it's what? They asked me what time was. Half two, next hour. And I said, half seven. And like, half seven? What? It's three point five o'clock. I was like, no, you idiot! It's half past three. No, but Germany has that right. You said they have half two, so half past seven would be half past six for us because half two, the next hour. Which makes sense because you know if you think you're on the thirty mark, the clock is going that direction. Yeah. 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 Oh, one thing I, I looked up because you know the thing of like you know what's the most spoken language in the world? Do you guys know it? Most spoken yes. language. Do you, first, do you mean first? Language, do you mean first language or do you mean? Oh, this do you is mean... it. I, I never thought of. It. I was like, oh, Mandarin's first, but... then it's Spanish, then it's English, and that's native speakers, not by yeah, actual populations, got... the total mass. So, in native speakers, Mandarin, Spanish, English, Hindu, Bengali, Portuguese, Russian. Japanese, Western Punjabi, and 
Maris? I don't think I've written that right. Either way. And then population speakers is number one is English. So you've got 369 million native speakers, but then a whopping 978 million. So 1.3 billion in total. And the majority of that is non-native speakers. Mandarin second, and that's 921 million native and 198 million non-native. So and it's 1.1 billion. And then it's Hindi, Spanish, Arabic, Bengali, French, Russian, Portuguese, Urdu. But I'm just mad that of like, you know, it's... Yeah, I feel like French, they, they always have been yeah. in their bonnet that you know, French could have been the, the lingua franca, right? Where yeah. we English is <laughs> What, because we, we ruined more countries? <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, a question asked, because, you know, ch- Chinese, you have tones, don't you, of how you say things? You do, yeah. So are there accents in the same way? Because I feel that may affect it, or is it just more you get different dialects? So, yeah, the... the um. The tones, yeah, you kind of get used. It's more like, yeah, it's sort of sing songy a bit, um, and it, it does make a difference when you speak it. But the um, the, the most noticeable one that I, I came across was that Beijing. They kind of have like an R, so it's like a they kind of put R at the end of words and at the end of sentences mm. and things, and that's more like the accent, I think. But yeah, because it's not dialects again. You have a whole like every almost pretty much every different city you go to, that's like you know, Shanghai Hua, like Shanghai language, and it's completely different to to Mandarin. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I know, I suppose those words, and I was like. How, how did you learn it? Like, where did you formally learn this language? I don't, I don't know. Just, just sort of pick it up. <laughs> it's just mental to me. But yeah, no. um, but yeah. Sorry, yeah, it was over time. But Freddie, I think you maybe have something to add to this. He's hopping yeah, around oh in your my, seat. Oh my god! Like you've, you've scarily tied in perfectly with one of the first things I wrote down when I was looking up accents, because like it's generally inverted commas agreed that dialect is like the 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 umbrella under accents that includes no sorry dialect is the umbrella under language that includes accents i could have definitely explained that better um but you see accent is just a hugely diverse thing to do with like the lexicon like the words you use uh, your grammar like the the way you say the sentence like what would you say and something called prosody now the uh, prosody prosody sorry lingu- linguists out there I didn't know this was a word, but this includes, right, so imagine you got someone who has a very similar accent to you. It could be your brother or your sister or someone that you're very close with. You've got a very similar accent, but on top of this, you can also, the way you speak, include irony, sarcasm, emphasis, contrast, and focus, and yet have the same Mm. accent. And that's just like what you're thinking about now. Think of in Icelandic. <laughs> like, yeah. you, I could say to you in a way that you're like, yep, he's still a Southern person from England. I can put emphasis on something or I can be sarcastic about it or I can somehow indicate irony in all of this. Like, <laughs> I just, it blew me away. It's, it's like, so you, oh yeah, one thing of, it was, so I want to look a bit into it about symbols of the fact of like every, all languages so I looked up the exact definition of language. It's principal method of human communication consisting of words used in a structured and conventional way and conveyed by speech, writing, or gesture. Um, and it's that thing of like all symbols. You know, like if it's writing stuff down, or do you like it's saying about early man of like how you'd use tools? But then again, you'd need to have a symbol for a tool, be that a hand gesture or maybe a certain type of grunt or maybe like a picture you draw down to be like you're trying to say like, oh, we need this thing. You know, and it's all symbols, and you're like, it's easy to when you think of, you know, you see letters written down. Oh, that's a symbol, which means a. But when you think of like a or like a, a word, it's just just 
a noise you randomly, not randomly, but it's a, a for, for an alien, it's a random noise that somebody made, and for some reason it means something. It's a symbol. So if you think of a... Not even noise, watch, like vibrating some air around you. <laughs> yeah. Like District 9, and you have like um, Crawn aliens, and like how they talk, it's like... Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how on earth would you discern anything on that? But that's symbols that are being made like like instantaneously, which is just mad. And a thing of saying, of, I tried to look into like a universal language, and it mainly came up with programming <laughs> and computers. Um, and but one thing of saying, Maths. Is, yeah, the same the one thing for like the whole God. hundred words for snow. Um, but the thing of like, you'll never be able to truly have one language because language evolves too quickly to just have one. Which is so true of like everyone speaks the same language, and it's not going to take long until suddenly it starts like accents first, then slang, and then whole words are different. Then half, you know, then you got like Scots is a similar one, isn't it? So it's like you can half understand it. I think Freddie, you read Train Spotting, which is in Scots, so it's kind of like you can and you can't understand it. You're right. Well, it's so good. Yeah. Even, even, there was actually yeah, no yeah. Oh, just that there's a big problem in the lingual in the lingual universe recently because did I talk about this? A guy who edited the entire Scots Wikipedia pretty much like he wrote something like nine articles a day for like 10 years in Scots but he didn't write it in Scots he wrote it in what he thought Scots was which is basically typing in a Scottish phonetic accent (laughs) (laughs) oh wow like it's basically kind of like it's really cool that you tried but you've kind of demolished like a huge amount of information on the internet where you have genuine Scots, which it was its own, it's actually its own language. That like it's not a dialect. It's just that there's certain, like, crossovers. Um, but yeah, like, it's very interesting. I mean, it, people thought, just back on your point, that people thought, oh, well, on the internet, people talk to each other all the time. The languages are going to mesh over and kind of, like, all become like a con- agglomerous, conglomerous glob. Conglomerate? If that makes sense? Conglomerate, that's it. But, like, it doesn't happen. People still find their own niches and groups. Mm. on like forums and stuff and they come up with their own languages and slangs and that show that they're separate from other people that like that's always happened and apparently even the internet doesn't make a difference it will still continue to happen oh, absolutely oh, again, it is kind of come back to that kind of you know just to bring it back full circle it's kind of a whole us and them thing it is you know it's so much a part of your identity right which is just me last thing just of which i think is a great thing about language of like you can go into politeness as well of like for some reason you make a noise and somebody is suddenly hurt and, or somebody is very happy and like Doctor Who, there's an alien on it, and she starts the every sentence with Chan and finishes it with Do. So it'd be like Chan, oh how you doing, Do, and just like that. And then it's funny because like one of the Doctor's companions is like, why why do you say Chan and Do at the end of every like starting every, every sentence? It's really weird. She's like, oh because it's just what it's just polite. Well, what happens if you don't say it? Well, it's really rude. It's like swearing, and that thing of you know, like someone can get offended you didn't say please or you swear, and someone gets offended and it's like. It's funny because it's symbolism where it doesn't actually mean anything. It's just you've said a word, you know, especially with swearing now, of like some words like crap is not really considered a swear word, was it used to be a big one of like of how just some words will be react, you know. And uh, another thing about music, my brother told me about of like you get scary music. I think it's made possibly a learned thing. I can't remember. I need to look that up. But yeah, just that thing of how do you like you associate things with certain feelings or like someone puts a middle finger up at you, suddenly you, you flailed a bit of your body and someone's very offended. <laughs> I think it's just really funny, that kind of, when you, <laughs> when you need to take a step back, you saw two aliens, and one just like moves 
a bit of a tentacle in a certain way, and the other one gets in a fight and be like, why do you do that? Oh, I just, just moved a tentacle that way. <laughs> that's that's, that's so, your first thought if you saw two aliens, mate, with some tentacles, and one of them did that, rude. and you're like, oh, but that was a, like, just flipped into the bird. <laughs> <laughs> a linguistic podcast called Talk the Talk, or actually no, now renamed to Become Because Language, that I hugely recommend. I think they they like to reference that language, if you understand each other, is non-consensual telecommunication. Like <laughs> I could just I could just yell something at Alistair and it's immediately in his head, <laughs> and he's like, "God damn it!" Like you can't you, you can't stop it, right? Like that's the weird thing when you start talking to people or you're around people who speak a language you don't know. You suddenly realise how like serene it is you're totally out of this bubble like oh, yeah. i'm hearing people yelling at russian at each other today and i'm just, I'm just like giggling because i realize it's just gibberish to me no, I, I, I felt, <laughs> really upset I the first time i came back to the uk after having been in china for like, the first time i was there it was like about a year and just over a year like i was in Heathrow airport and it was just like language all around me i understood so it was like it, i felt like all like you know quite like cramped but you know oh my god this is you know this is really bizarre you know and, and i felt invisible as well because no one was looking at me <laughs> very very bizarre bizarre feeling but yeah no it's, it's very powerful stuff so. anyway, i will um i will call it there i think because yeah um, it's been a, a nice long episode of the episode but yeah uh thank you very much for listening uh, there's been no idea yet um signing off from alistair johnny Ready? see you next time thank you very much for listening uh if you've made it to the end uh, huge well done to you um, if you'd like to follow us on our Instagram uh, we are at no idea yet podcast or follow, send us an email if you've got any ideas for us um, that is at no idea yet podcast at gmail.com uh, thank you very much and we will see you next time